Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew verses 11, uh, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And I'll be reading through the NIV. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Pray with me, please. Uh, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So any of you feel tired right now? Uh, if you would, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm just curious, I, I, raise your hand if you average nine to ten hours of sleep every night. Nice, nice. Okay, how about um, eight to nine hours? Okay, good, good. Uh, seven to eight? Okay. How about six to seven? That would be me. Yeah. How about five to six? <laughs> Anybody lower than that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there are some people lower than five hours a night. Yeah, well, you know, the lack of sleep itself can cause lots of problems. There's been studies that connect the lack of sleep to increased accidents, car accidents, work accidents, because you're just not, you're not there. You're not fully there. It's like driving under the influence of like no sleep, I guess. Uh, though you wouldn't get a ticket for that. I don't think they give out DUIs for being too sleepy. But yeah, falling asleep at the wheel is pretty serious. The fact is that regular lack of sleep negatively will affect our lives physically in many ways, mentally as well. And the point is here is that, whoops, we need rest. I like this picture, right? She's still awake, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's thinking ahead. We need rest. And how often do our conversations turn to like how busy we are and how like, oh, I just look forward to my next vacation or I need a break or, you know, I'm just so busy. So, you know, it's often saying, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. You know, it's just a common thing that we always throw out there. It's, a, it's simply a sign that we need rest, and we need it now. If we feel tired, we're falling asleep right now, we need some rest, don't we? We all agree on this. We need rest. So I thought before we start, we'll just take a five-minute break right now, and we can all just shut our eyes and go to sleep. How about that? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... What is the definition of rest in our own minds? How do we think of rest? Well, I've, I did some research on this, you know. Rest is simply defined as an, an act of ceasing work or activity or motion <laughs> or just being quiet, right? Peace, ease, refreshment resulting from a sleep. Oh, that's so good, sleep. And we just cease activity when we're sleeping. Um, it's... Also defined as sleep, death, right? Rest in peace, uh, relief from freedom or freedom from disquiet or disturbance, right? You're having a rest from the temper tantrum of your kid or something like that. Um, it can also rest mean a mental or emotional tranquility. In music, it means this interval of silence, right? Corresponding to one of the possible time values within that measure. So rest. 
A rest can mean a short pause in a line of poetry. Uh, the practice of law, rest means a cease of, to voluntarily cease the presentation of the evidence in a case. Right? We've heard this if you watch law shows. The defense rests. Uh, we have rest homes. We have rest rooms. <laughs> when we take that pause right, to rest, be refreshed. We need rest. We need more rest, and we desire to have rest. I think everybody agrees that we do. In our language, though, rest usually carries this meaning, this idea of ceasing from work or quietness or silence or refreshment. But our common experience is not this when we, quote, rest. We, we, we may relax, we may veg out watching videos in whatever form they are, um, but true rest avoids us. We don't really feel that refreshment, that real rest, true rest. Uh, it's interesting, Gene Fleming, who's a Christian author, wrote um, an article in Decision Magazine, it's a, a Christian magazine, and this is a quote. Listen to what she says there. We need to scrutinize the rush of our activities because even venerable exertions may be keeping us from becoming and doing what God wants. A packed schedule may be detrimental not only to ourselves, but to those we seek to help. A few years ago, our neighbors were drawn to us, but when we talked to them about the Lord, their response was, we couldn't be Christians, we couldn't live at your pace. They had been attracted to Christ, but the busyness of our lives had scared them from a commitment we put such a great value in our culture on being busy. Busy, busy, busy. I'm so busy. That means if you don't say, I mean, <laughs> think about it if somebody responded that they were not busy. You know, what kind of thoughts go to our mind? Are we jealous? <laughs> you know, like, oh man, I wish I, wish I was like that, right? But we're, we're just, even when we go on vacations, we plan them so full that we're worn out by the time we come back. And we need rest still, and we're not refreshed. We had fun, we were entertained, you know, don't get me wrong, right? But vacations are great, but we're not necessarily rested up when we come back. So there's not that purpose. Even our free time during the week, we use and we fill up with activities that do not provide rest. Instead, they just provide more activities of fun or entertainment or things to keep us busy. Our culture values busyness. But we need rest, otherwise we'll end up looking like these people. Yeah. Don't believe me, I, I see this sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. What better place to rest, right, than in the church community and worshiping the Lord God, you know? Some people complain to me, they're like, oh, pastor, every time I try to pray, I fall asleep, and I'm like, well, what better way to go into rest? Because that's the whole idea. You're resting in the presence of God, and, and he ushers you into physical rest, right? So, yeah, that's okay. That's good. That's a good thing, you know? Most of us are convinced we need rest, so we make attempts to find rest in our own way. What are some of the ways we try to rest? Well, first and foremost, sleep, right? <laughs> we sleep. We watch videos. We may read, we may sleep, <laughs> we go on vacations, we play games, we frequent social media, and we sleep again, right? Sleep is the go-to. You know, imagine if a friend called us today and said, hey, uh, can you get together and do this, whatever, this next Saturday coming? And we answer saying, 
no, I'm going to stay home and be quiet and be still. Now, the friend would probably think there's something wrong, right? Like, because in our society, to be quiet and to voice that as an alternative, usually that means, like, that person is dealing with something like big decision, or maybe they're struggling with depression or discouragement, or maybe they're just, you know, mentally, you know, just like, ah, I need to be away from people, that kind of thing. Um, but it's not usually seen as normal behavior in our culture, right? How often do we hear that? Yeah, I just want to be alone, be quiet, uh, uh, <sighs> right? And be away from everybody else. Uh, some of you who are introverts, yeah, that's, that's that, right? That's, that's your go-to. <laughs> that's your recharge, right? But that's not normal voice or normal conversation with people when, we, when they ask us to do things. We'll just say, yeah, I'm busy. But we're not going to say, no, I'd rather just stay home and be alone and be by myself. Uh, there's something wrong then. Have you ever watched a movie without any background music? I mean, sometimes, I find this is more common in British movies. They just don't use any like, music in the background as much. And it just seems a little odd, a little flat. You know, us Americans, we like to have music and excitement and those kind of things to pump us up. It just seems odd. Try driving your car next time without listening to anything. No podcast, no streaming Bluetooth, whatever. Just no radio, nothing. Just drive around in silence. It seems a little odd after a while, right? You know, if we think someone is odd if they're not busy. For example, let's just imagine church. If one of us arrives to a church event 15 to 30 minutes early, that would be a lot more odd than if they arrived 15 to 30 minutes late. Why is that? Why is that? Because if you arrive 15 to 30 minutes early or to somebody's house 15 minutes early, it's kind of an annoyance, right? It's kind of like, wait, don't they? They have too much time on their hands. You know, it's like it's looked at as an oddity because then they're not busy enough. What's wrong with them? You know, <laughs> they've got too much time on their hands. They just show up early, you know. And uh, besides, we're probably not ready for them if they're coming to our house or something because we're, we're running late too. We need rest, but how do we know to find it? How do we know to find it? Well, how can we find rest? In today's text, Matthew chapter 11, Jesus answers this question when he says, I'll read it again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. That's deep rest there. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So how do we find rest? We look to Jesus, we go to Jesus, and he will give us rest. But do we believe that? Do we accept these words? Is Jesus the one we go to for rest, real rest? Jesus, the Lord God, the creator of the universe, is saying, follow me, come to me, and I will give you rest. If you're weary and burdened, I am the source of your rest. And so I'm going to present to you four ways today that the scriptures have told us we can find rest in the Lord, just as Jesus said over and over again in his different ways that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Just come to me, follow me, and I will give you rest. That's 
what he's saying. Now, and it starts way back in the story of God in Exodus, where we remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. This is the first way. When, remember, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's only the Lord that can give us rest. And so the Lord God commanded the Israelites, and it's one of the Ten Commandments, to remember the Sabbath. And let me read that part of Exodus for us. It's uh, Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. See, God created the man and woman, the world, this whole universe in six days. And then he rested on the seventh day. Now, this does not mean that he was tired after six days of work, of making all this. And so he needed a little take like a nap so he'd get refreshed and rejuvenated so he can continue on as the Lord God creator of all things. No, it doesn't mean that at all. Because if you look at the Hebrew word there used, which is pronounced, and you might be familiar with this if you've got Jewish friends, Shabbat, right? Sabbath, that's how they say Sabbath, but it's the Hebrew word Shabbat, meaning to simply cease, stop, pause. You know, just, just stop. There's a, it's a, Sabbath is a habit of stopping from our normal work routine, our normal life routine, and a day set apart to remember and rest in the Lord God, our Creator. In a sense, to enjoy the creation that He has placed us in. So, how do we remember the Sabbath? Well, the first part of this we can see is we set it apart and keep it holy. Which is what holy really just simply means, is to set apart, but set apart for God's service. Set apart to honor the Lord, to glorify Him. Now, we are to glorify God in all we do. That's our worship. Our worship never ends. We worship God in every day, every moment of our life. That's the call we are to live as followers of Him. But He wants us to set apart one day, of Sabbath, of stopping, of rest, to rest in Him, not to rest doing our own things. Uh, for the Jews in the Seventh-day Adventists, this Sabbath is a Saturday. It's the seventh day of the week, following the pattern that God set up. For us Christians here and many Christians around the world, Sundays is the Sabbath day, the day we stop and change our schedule and stop work. Why is that? Does anybody know why we do it on Sundays rather than seventh day of the week? Anybody know? No? Nobody knows you're too shy. It's the day of the week that something really, 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 really important happened. Jesus was raised from the dead. So this is why as Christians, followers of Jesus, we celebrate the Sabbath and gather for worship on Sundays. How else do we remember the Sabbath? Very simple. We do not work on the Sabbath. Now, this is tough today, right, in our culture because work is now seeped into every aspect of our daily life. Those of you who are in school, uh, 
it's not a job or an employer that's demanding you to work on, on every day, but it's the school pressure, right? And you've got to do homework. You're always hanging over your head. I always got something else I've got to do. But on keeping this day holy, set apart, is we're not to do any work. But for many of us, this is really tough to create these boundaries. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a Sunday. It's just one day a week, one day a week that we do this in our pattern of life. We put boundaries on where we are free from our normal work routines, our normal schoolwork routines, or housework, or yard work, or whatever work it is. We just set it apart and say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to rest in the Lord my God today. And all those things will be taken care of. Just think about it. If we go on vacation, what do we do before we go on vacation? I mean, except for if you're not responsible for putting the vacation together. <laughs> you just go and mooch off mom and dad, right? But if we're responsible, we have to get everything ready as much as we can before we leave because we don't want to be bothered in vacation with all these things that still need to be done at work or around the house or whatever it is. We want to finish up or we say, okay, I'm done and I'll just take care of that after vacation. It's the same way if you, if you know Jews who practice the Sabbath, they do the same thing every week. They try to get everything done before that day of Sabbath so that they either can finish it or do it after. They don't have to do it during the Sabbath. The same applies to us on this weekly pattern. Sabbath just means we stop and we rest in the Lord. Now, this is the way God designed us. He created us with the need for rest. Just think about daily, right? We cannot not sleep. We have to sleep. So physically, he's saying, daily, it's good for you if you rest. Weekly, he sets apart a day and he says, rest on this day every week and rest in me. Make it a Sabbath. Stop. And this is what, the, what was commanded to the Israelites. And then he sets up this yearly in a sense, every seventh year, the Israelites were commanded to have this sabbatical year. So that a lot of people back then were agriculturally uh, involved. They were farmers or herders of sheep or animal raisers or whatever. And so the, it was that they could not plant and grow any crops. They just had to let their land lie for a whole year. So in a sense, a lot of people just didn't work because they couldn't do anything that way. And then even on top of that, every seven cycles of that seven years, every 50th year, there was this year of jubilee that the Israelites were commanded that everything had to stop. And so what this meant involved this release of an indebtedness and all types of bondage. Listen to this. All prisoners and captives were set free. All slaves were released. All debts were forgiven. Oh, that would be awesome, right? All debts forgiven. <laughs> Buy a car, put it on loan right before the year Jubilee, right? And then you got, you get, it's all forgiven, right? Now, nah, it didn't work quite like that, but it would be forgiven. Uh, they probably wouldn't give you the loan the year before the year of Jubilee, knowing that it was coming up next year. But yeah, all debts are forgiven. All property was returned to its original owners. In addition to this, all labor that was ceased for one year and those bound by labor contracts were released from them. This is the year of Jubilee. So one of the benefits of the year of Jubilee was that both the land, which happened every seven years, and the people in society were not working for one year. Imagine that if all of America just didn't work for one year. Wow, the GDP would be really bad, I think. <laughs> I don't think we'd survive it. You know, it's just, it's just unbelievable. It's, I mean, you can't think of it. 
So, remember the Sabbath. This is the first, but it's radical. God is saying, stop, rest in me. Don't rest in your own thinking and your own ability, like, oh, I gotta keep working. I, I gotta make money. I gotta pay these bills. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I got to, rather than resting in God. The second way is to evaluate our life. Now, you may think, wait, how can evaluating my life give me rest? It's gonna give me ulcers. It's gonna give me anxiety if I evaluate my life. This is not, this is crazy, Jeff. It's not, but we find rest when we evaluate our life in light of the life giver. We have to keep him in mind when we evaluate the things of our life. Listen to what God said in Psalm 46, 10, and 11. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We just sang about this. Rest in God is when we contemplate our own lives in view of who God is and what his promises have said for us. Psalm 139 describes this perspective in a way that is so important for us, especially in verses 23 and 24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, when we evaluate our life with God in mind, and we realize that there is this dirty wickedness that lies there, then we run to Jesus. Like Jesus said, come to me. And he forgives us through what he has done for us. And then we will only then experience the true peace and rest in Christ because he's already taken care of that. That's when we experience true rest for our souls. So we evaluate our life. We remember the Sabbath. And then the third thing that is over and over again is to soak in God's word. Jesus said, right, as part of our text today, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon his shoulders. Now, what does that mean for us today? A yoke was a, wood, a wooden piece that was, had a U-shaped carved into it that would fit over the neck and shoulders of an ox that would then pull a plow behind it or a cart or whatever it was. And so this metaphor here is simply in the Hebrew meaning to enter into submission to. So it's saying, Jesus is saying, submit to me. Take on my yoke. Enter into submission to me. And so what does this simply mean in the sense of Jesus saying, learn from me here in our text. Learn for, and hear my teachings, obey them, submit to them, and you will experience rest in me. Because my yoke is light, my burden is light that I put on you. It's easy. You know, Jesus says my yoke is easy. The word easy in the original Greek means simply well-fitting. It fits well. And see, back in that day, it was agricultural, so it was very common to have carpenters that would make these yokes. And people would take their oxes to the carpenter. He would make measurements on the ox. And then he would make the yoke to fit the neck and the shoulders of the ox. And then they would come bring the ox back. They'd put it on. And then he'd continue to make adjustments so that the yoke would fit well and not irritate the ox at all. And so the yoke is easy-fitting or easy, well-fitting when it fits well. 
So that's that, that phrase there. And there's this legend that Jesus made the best ox yokes and in all of Galilee. So people from all over would go to his little shop in Nazareth and he would make the yokes because he was a carpenter. We know. He was the son of a carpenter, Joseph. And he would make ox yokes. So this legend goes on that in his little house or where they did the work, there was this sign that said, my yokes are easy, well-fitting. And Jesus is using this image here in what he's saying and calling us to do, to take on his yoke. God knows we need rest, and he provides it for us, but the, to experience this rest, we need to learn from him, and that is to soak in God's word. That's what's available to us today. And so we have, remember the Sabbath, evaluate our life, soak in God's word, and then the last thing, it kind of summarizes all three of these, is time focused on God. And I, and I made these so that, you, if you notice, all the first letters spell rest, right? So time focused on God. What we must fight hard against is this idea that we have about rest, our concept of rest, is that we must be entertained in order to be rest, to have rest. There's a book written by Neil Postman that I read early in my life called Amusing Ourselves to Death. It's a great book if you want, to, if you want a good read. Uh, it's not like a novel, but uh, I enjoy these kind of books, these philosophical types. But we often find, especially in America, that we think we're going to rest if we're entertained. Now, there's nothing wrong being entertained. I, I like being entertained. But it's not really refreshing. It's not restful for us. Uh, it doesn't provide what we're looking for if we're looking to be, uh, find rest. But to find rest, in a sense, we do things that help us focus on the Lord, to rest in Him and His presence. God, God's challenge to us is to separate a day for doing this, to separate um, and evaluate our life in light of Him and who He is, and to find refreshment and contemplation in Him. But what refreshes our soul? Think about it. Does watching videos refresh our souls or rest ourselves, our souls? No. That has no refreshment value because actually if they've done studies as we watch anything, videos, uh, whatever it is, we go into this semi-hypnotic state like some of you are now. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Right? You get into this semi-hypnotic state. You're not really engaging much. Now, there are, I say, videos that will direct us to thinking about the Lord and worshiping Him. That's different, but it's still a video. But it's just, there's really no refreshment or rest value, usually in videos. God knows that rest comes with communing with Him. He is the rest we find. And so the, I, the hard part for us is to put ourselves aside and commune with the Lord. And He is our, lest, our, our rest. We commune with him through singing music like we do when we gather together that focus us on the truths that he has given us. We do this by reading God's word for through prayer and contemplation of our lives with him in mind. We do this by sharing God's word with each other or encouraging one another in the word of God. We do this by doing things that will help us commune with the Lord God. But instead, many of us fill our times with of rest entertaining ourselves. We watch movies, we spend time shopping, we play games for hours and hours. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying those things are wrong, but if we are thinking that those things provide rest for us, they don't. We may be relaxed physically, 
Um, I, I, I go to what May and I call, or we got this from somebody else, my nothing box. So I like to watch TV or you know movies or stuff because I, I think it's a man thing, but we just like to just veg to recharge, at least physically or something mentally. But still, after a movie, I don't find, I'm not rested. I'm not refreshed, but maybe I'm, I'm physically rested a little bit. But that doesn't really help because it's just trying to fit something that we desire, what we think is best for us. These things do not bring rest to our lives. Time focused on ourselves ultimately will not give us rest. But time focused on God intentionally will. So I have to admit to you, as I'm preparing this message and now speaking it to you, I have a really hard time of stopping. Um, for example, I, it's weird, but I don't like going to sleep at night. Um, I don't like taking naps. It's just hard for me. It's, it's some problem with my, you know, it's, it's probably all my parents' fault. No, no I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I just, don't, I just don't like that. And it's weird. And May has this habit, probably from her culture, growing up in Taiwan. She takes a nap almost like every day. Uh, just a short nap, right? And uh, she's always encouraging me, like, oh, yeah, you should take a nap. You should take a nap. And I'm like, no, I don't need a nap. I'm not tired, blah, 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 right? But the rare times that I do actually lay, sit and lay down, I'm out like that. I just fall asleep. And I do feel a little refreshed after I wake up after a short while later. But this is just like us. God knows what we need. And we don't do it because we think we know what's best for us. We know what we think we need. But he, we just resist what God has told us. Jesus has said, come to me. If you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Just come to me. But we're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hang out with my friends, or I'm going to go see this movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I've got to work on my car. I've got to do this. I, you know, I just, I, this is what you know, helps me rest, is I've got to do this and that. But really, it doesn't have anything to do with the Lord. It's doing with what we think will give us rest. And Jesus is like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead. Spend hours on social media or playing hours of games and spending time with your friends and going out to eat and all that, which is all you know, fine stuff. But if you don't ever get rest in me, then what does that say to you? We're not looking to him. We're not following him. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is almost exactly like what God said hundreds and hundreds of years earlier in Psalm 46, which we sang about. Be still and just know that I am God. What does that mean? It's, it means like I can rest in God no matter what's going on in my life because I can trust that he's got this. Even if it doesn't go well for me, I know ultimately he's got this. Even if I die of cancer or something horrible like that, I know he's got me in his hands. I, I got a lot much better future than what's happening to my, me right now. And so I can be at rest no matter what happens. So does our soul find rest in the Lord and the salvation that he has for us and who he is and what he has planned for us? Or do we just try to worry about everything going on in our lives and not rest at all. So, the challenge to us is to be still and know that God is God and find rest in Him and Him alone as we will be doing 
Nay and I, now for the next 10 weeks, the, the, the church plans, just like according to the seven-year pattern, every seven years, the, the pastors are given this opportunity for a Sabbath break, so to stop from our normal responsibilities at the church as a pastor. And that's what we'll be doing in part two. So in the next 10 weeks, two and a half months, May and I will be on Sabbath rest. And so, yeah, I appreciate your prayers about that. We will be coming back. We look forward to coming back <laughs> to being part of our church family. But we will be resting and we will miss you guys, but we'll be praying for you. But we are so grateful that the church does this. Yeah. So let's rest in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, this is something we struggle against just in so many ways. We know that your truth, you being the Prince of Peace, that the joy that we experience that comes from you, the love that has motivated you to provide this ultimate salvation and act of grace of salvation for us, and all these things tied together. And Lord, you desire that we would come to you, especially with our heavy burdens and our weariness about life because then the life we are looking at is not you because when we look to you the life we have hope we have joy we have strength for the present situation Lord I pray that for my brothers and sisters I pray that for May and I as we enter into this Sabbath break for us and that we would be a people that truly rested in you because we know you got this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.